0: Welcome home. There's always room for one more. Glad you're with us this morning. It's summer, almost. And then we got some graduating seniors from Chisholm Trail Academy that are graduating tonight. Congratulations to you guys. Let's give it up for them. There's a few of you in the room. And there's some other things that we need to celebrate this week. As Ruben mentioned, we got the Elevate Retake podcast. we will put a slide up on the screen for you. We actually passed 10,000 plays this past week which doesn't seem like a whole lot when you compare it to the YouTubers and the podcasters who are doing millions of views and everything, but to accomplish 10,000 downloads in the space of two years I think is extremely significant for this community. So thank you for your support and for sharing the podcast. That's just incredible to think about 10,000 plays over about 175 episodes, which is what we've been able to do over the past couple years. So that is pretty cool. And also something else that dropped this week, a little bit personal for me, Return to Palau, the film that many of you have seen and many of you who have been asking, hey, when does it become available? Is now available on returntopalau.com. So you can go there, you can rent it or you can gift it to somebody else. We'd love for you to uh, take it in and to share it with those around you. We're very excited that this is now out in the wild uh, for the public to see. So we're pretty excited uh, about that. So check it out. It'd be a great Sabbath afternoon activity or Friday night next week or something like that for you to enjoy with your family and friends. Here's our engaged question. How do you know when you've had enough? How do you know when you've had enough? We're going to dive into scripture, John chapter six. And before we do that, let's bow our heads one more time and seek God's wisdom this morning. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being the bread of life. As we explore John 6 this morning, as we continue this series, Hello, My Name Is, would you sit down beside us and introduce yourself once again? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're just beginning a series called Hello, My Name Is. It's Jesus' introduction to us through the I Am statements in the Gospel of John. So whether it's the first time this morning or whether it's a reintroduction today, I am pleased to introduce to you Jesus, the bread of life. We're going to be in John chapter 6, so if you want to flip over to John chapter 6, go ahead and do so now. We'll also have it up on the screen. I was thinking as I was uh, putting this together this week, how do you know when you've had enough? And I was thinking at a time in, in my life when I knew that I had had enough food, There was a Pathfinder Campery. I was probably eight or nine years old or something like that, and it was a blast because it was one of the first Pathfinder Camperies I'd been on. It wasn't one of the the big ones. It was just our club kind of going out for a camp weekend. And My mom is smiling and nodding over there. I don't know if she knows where the story is going. She will in a moment. And Over the weekend, it was just fantastic. I mean, it was like great food, it was honors, it was uh, fun, we were setting up the tents and doing activities and that kind of stuff. And it came to Sunday morning, and Sunday morning was a little bit uh, of a difficult time because we're packing up tents in the rain. And if you've ever been camping, packing up tents in the rain is not so much fun because what has been your dry shelter is now no more and you're just kind of out wet in in the elements and then you have to take the tent back home wait for it to stop raining and then put the tent back out or you're going to have a moldy mess when you get back right so it was sunday morning it was kind of packing up and we had we had breakfast and uh you know just the smorgasbord of uh, of eggs and and potatoes and and just good things to eat and somebody also had these uh little they weren't they weren't pop tarts but they were kind of shaped like pop tarts and they were filled with some really good chocolatey goodness And my eight or nine-year-old self said, man, that's gonna be really good. Now mind you, I had already eaten about a plate and a half of some potatoes and eggs and some other stuff. And I said, this is just gonna be good. This is gonna hit the spot. And so I tore that thing open and I chowed down on that little chocolate Danish thing. And man, did it taste good on the way down. But let's suffice it to say that though it tasted good on the way down, on the way back up, It had a little bit of a different taste. And I'll let you imagine what that taste might be. Jesus was with a group of people and he gave them a meal. Hopefully nobody decided to present the meal again before Jesus after they had consumed it on that mountainside where he fed the 5,000. The story is recounted in John chapter 6. It comes before the, the miracle of Jesus calming the storm that we looked at last week. And the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle that Jesus performs that is recorded in all four Gospels. It's in Matthew, it's in Mark, it's in Luke, and it's in John. Even John, the weird one out of the bunch. And I think that's significant for all four Gospels to say, this story is important for me to include. We need to spend some time thinking about it. You know the story. Jesus provides so much food out of the five loaves and and two fish that there's 12 baskets of food left over. The disciples at first are scratching their head. Jesus, how in the world are we going to find enough food to feed people? And I imagine he just kind of smirks. He knows where this story is going. He knows the miracle that's about to happen. He says, just you watch. We're going to turn scarcity into abundance because that's the God I am. And people saw what Jesus did on that mountainside. You think about it. If somebody provides food for you, they are your new best friend. We put out a, a little thing on our Instagram this week, kind of saying some shout, shout outs to, to April, who's the one that heads up our, our nook. Man, a lot of you are endeared to her because she'll make you your coffee or your drink exactly how you want it. Even Starbucks doesn't get it right all the time. But she gets it, right? When somebody provides food for you, that endears you to them and them to you and the people saw this they saw what jesus had done and jesus disappeared for a little bit he knew that in their hearts they weren't after him the messiah they were after jesus the king they were after a jesus who could provide for their material needs and they're like fantastic if that's the guy then he needs to be king and jesus knew this and so he disappeared and the disciples are kind of left thinking, hey, we know we need to go to the other side to Capernaum, but we're not quite sure when Jesus is coming back. So why don't we just kind of start on our way across the, the, the sea? Jesus will catch up because, you know, he's, he's Jesus, right? We just kind of go. And we encounter the story that we looked in last week of Jesus comes and he says, I'm I I am, it's it's me, I'm here, I'm present. They find themselves on the other side of the lake, and the crowd is beside themselves because they wake up the next morning, their tummies rumbling, wondering where in the world Jesus is. He provided a meal yesterday. Where's Jesus at breakfast today? And we pick up the story, John chapter six, verse twenty-four is what we'll start off today be reading out of the New Living Translation. Whatever you got in front of you is just fine as long as you're reading it. Here it says, so when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. In verse 25, they found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Kind of an odd question, right? They're not maybe necessarily checking their Apple watches or their phones to be like, check the time. They're like, man, Jesus, you set a, a, a water record to get over to the other side of the lake. When did you get here? And how did you get here? Because we left you on the other side, but then we couldn't find you. And what they really wanted to do was to get another meal. Rabbi, that bread and fish were pretty pretty good yesterday. Could you do something else for us? You know, if someone can make bread appear out of nowhere, wouldn't you want to follow after them? Maybe we should. Maybe Jesus could fix some of our supply chain problems. You know, Jesus, can you take care of the baby formula thing that's going on right now? Like, that would be really great. The New International Commentary of the New Testament puts it this way. A king would ensure their material well-being. and wanting to make him king, they were thinking only of themselves. And that is antithetical to the way of Jesus. A me, me, me mentality that if only I can get another meal from Jesus, then life will be okay. No, Jesus has something better in mind, but it's going to take a little bit for them to realize it. Verse 26, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. He calls him out on it too. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. Verse 27. But don't be concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Jesus tells his disciples, you're not seeking me because I've done something miraculous. You're seeking me because you came to the buffet and were filled and you're ready to come back for more. I did something to curb your hunger. Yes, they saw Jesus as provider, and though he is provider, he is not just the provider of your material needs. They were simply following Jesus because he had fed them, not because he was the Messiah. And he tells them, come on, get your act together. You've got to chase after the things that are of spiritual value, not just the things that provide material pleasure. So this group of people trained in in, in stepping up to the plate when the invitation is made to do things, they asked Jesus this question. Verse 28, they replied, we want to perform God's works. What should we do? Jesus, come on, lay, lay it out plain. Let us know the thing before the thing so that we can get to the thing so that the thing can happen for us and our stomachs can be filled. You see, the people are hungry. They'll do anything for food. I imagine that this group was kind of like a a group of college students or something. I don't know. Uh, I've I've had some experience inviting college students to events. And one of the number one questions that happens, like, hey, why don't you come on out to this worship night or this thing we're having? "Ah, I don't know, pastor. I got some plans. Uh, Will there be food? Yes, there will be food. And a look of determination comes across a face. I'm gonna be there. Because there's food. I might stay for the thing, but if there's food, I'm gonna be there. Jesus, what do I have to do to get this food? What is the thing that I have to do so that you can provide for my needs? Jesus, you said there was gonna be food. So what's the catch? What do I have to do? Follow you on Instagram or something? Show up to Elevate occasionally? You see, here's the lie. Our relationship with Jesus is transactional. That is a lie that there's something in the relationship with Jesus that you provide a little something and then Jesus provides a little bit more and you go back and forth coming to the table, Jesus, would you provide something? And Jesus looks and says, well, I kind of see what you're up to this week and like not too bad. So here's a little bit of grace. Here's a little bit of salvation. That it's the complete opposite of what our relationship with Jesus can and should be like. Our relationship with Jesus needs to move from transaction to transformation and that's what Jesus is hinting at. Remember uh, a couple of years ago when we lived in Michigan, I was attending the seminary. There's uh, a thing called the Berrien County Youth Fair. It's right across the street from Andrews University. It's a big fair for the community. And the Pioneer Memorial Church had a, a, a health tent there. And inside of that tent, we had a couple of activities where you could take this big sledgehammer and you'd stand on this block and you'd hit this thing in between your legs and it was really heavy. You try to see how, how far you could move it with, uh, with the sledgehammer. And there was a couple of different kind of physical fitness activities you know, it fit kind of right in with the fair. And the thing that we had going for us is that these activities were free. The other ones you had to pay for, right? So people would kind of come along and it was in the section, you know, the section where you kind of try to avoid people at the fair sometimes because they got things in your hands and they're trying to, to, to pass things out to you. You're like, hey, come try this. You need new windows. You need this thing that like vibrates you for a little bit. So you can like, whatever it is. You're like, ah, no thanks, Pat. And this guy comes up as I'm working this booth and he said, hey, what's going on here? I said, oh, we got this thing to, uh, you know, you kind of see how far you can hit this or this other activity over here. And he's like, sweet, can I try? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he says, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. What's the catch? Like, what do I have to do to do the thing? And I said, no, you just come up and you, you do the thing. And he's like, no, 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 that's not how the fair works, right? There's something I've got to do to be able to participate in your activity. And I said, no, all you've got to do is just stand here and hit the thing. And so he goes there and he gets all bulked up and, he hits the thing and it slides pretty far. And he and I are able to have a conversation because all those activities are just kind of entering wedge, conversations that we can have about health and, and about well-being. And it stuck out to me that our mindset so often when we come to the table seeking something from Jesus that we think that there's something that we have to do in order to receive the free gift that's already been given. There's got to be a hook somewhere. There's got to be a hitch somewhere in this. We've got to, Jesus, there's something, Right? No, not at all. You see, Jesus is not just some resource to be consumed that we can pay a little bit in the vending machine and then get something out of him. He's got something more. The story continues, John chapter six, verse 29. Jesus told him, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. It says, if you believe in me, I will provide everything else. The only thing that God needs, the only thing that God requires is a heart turned towards God. Everything else he'll take care of. In fact, he'll even help you turn your heart towards him. Because the only way that we come towards him is by the bidding of the Holy Spirit. Verse 30 continues on. They say, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? Verse 31. After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. They're still in that mindset. We got to do something. Okay, we just got to believe. Okay, Jesus, like do the little miracle and then we'll believe. Jesus says, come on. I, I, I gave you bread. I did the miracle and you still won't believe. Because fresh in their minds is the experience of the children of Israel as they're wandering through the wilderness for 40 years of a God who provided manna day after day after day. They'd go pick it up every morning. They would have what they needed. They said, Moses, is, Moses gave us that bread from heaven to eat. The story continues, verse 32. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. You see, they had confused the instrument for the one who was providing the bread. Moses was the one that facilitated the miracle. It was God who had given them bread. It says, my father did. And now he offers you the true bread of heaven. Verse 33. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34. Sir, give us that bread Every day. See, they come down to the end of it. And Jesus says, he, he, he's tiptoeing around. He hasn't said I'm the bread of life yet. But he says, the, the bread that comes down from heaven, that's the bread that you want. And they're like, yes, that's what we've been talking about this whole time, Jesus. Come on, get with the picture. And then he'll tell them, verse 35, John chapter six, a theophany, kind of midstream. Jesus replied, I am am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And it's at this moment in time that Peter Parker takes off the the glasses or the superhero is, is revealed and Jesus says, it was me all along. I was the one that was with you in in the wilderness. I am the bread of life. The manna that was given to you day in and day out was representative of me. It was a metaphor this entire time that manna was me. This thing you've been grasping after, the desire in your heart. I am the bread of life. Hello. That's my name. That's who I am. Jesus says, if you're desiring to be satisfied, if you're desiring to be fulfilled, if you're desiring to be filled, he says, I'm the one that will satisfy. You think that some flour, some oil and some water and some yeast, if you got it, that will get you by. He says, no, you need me. And here's the thing that we do with Jesus often. We get Jesus as the bread of life, right? But we think about Jesus as the bread of life as if he lived at Sam's Club or Costco. And here's what I mean by that. You go to Sam's Club or Costco and you, you, know, you got to get the things that you need to get. And there's those little sample cups everywhere. And they, they kind of went away during COVID, but I kind of see some of them are coming back, right? And so we go up to one of those stations in Sam's Club or Costco and it says, try Jesus, the bread of life. And we're like, oh, that's, that's really cool. And there's little pieces of bread that are, that are cu- cut up. They might even be communion wafers. I don't know if Costco sells those things. Uh, they're a little cut up and you, you begin a conversation with the person who's serving them. And you try the bread and you say, that's really good. And they say, yeah, you can find Jesus on aisle seven because it's the perfect number, right? You can find Jesus over there. Why don't you, why don't you in, in fact, we're doing a promotion that if you give him this coupon at the front door, you can take him for free. You can walk out with a big box of Jesus and have him for free. And we say, thank you. You know, the sample was really great, but I've got some other things to do and some other stores that I need to hit. And uh, there's another kind of sample product over there that I'd like to try before I'm really ready to commit to Jesus. We take this bread of life, the thing that will, the person who will nourish, that will strengthen, that will provide for all of our needs and we're satisfied with a little bitty sample. Because we think that Jesus is one of many items on the menu when Jesus is the menu himself. He is the bread of life. As if there's so many more things to choose from, Jesus is the only true one that will satisfy. Bruce Milne puts it this way in the message of John, Jesus once once tasted, obviates the need for further satisfaction. Jesus alone can satisfy the heart. In a society which is experimented to the point of satiation with every form of material, physical and spiritual palliative to fill the inner emptiness of its heart. Some of you are like, I just graduated or I finished school. Those were too big of words. Jesus' invitation comes with wonderful relevance. He who comes to me will never go hungry, will never be thirsty. And that's his refrain through the entire gospel of John. If you come to me, whatever desire you have in your heart, whatever need needs to be fulfilled can be found in Jesus. We've all experimented, right, with things, the desires that we find in our heart. Maybe it's been a a food or a substance or pornography or money or possessions, a relationship, a career, things, people, religions, churches, whatever you can do to satisfy the longing in your heart. Ellen White puts it this way, thoughts from the Mount of Blessing, page 19, as we need food to sustain our physical strength so do we need Christ, the bread from heaven, to sustain spiritual life and impart strength to work the works of God. As the body is continually receiving the nourishment that sustains life and vigor, so the soul must be constantly communing with Christ, submitting to him and depending wholly upon him. It was Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount that said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied beyond your wildest imagination. And Jesus says, I'm the one who satisfies you. Hello, my name is the bread of life. I can provide all of your desires. You see, in our desire for something, we encounter someone. When we're looking for love, Hopefully we meet a person. When we're looking for value, when we're looking for belonging, we find people, we find community. The things in our life that we so desperately need are often best supplied by people. And your ultimate need of grace and salvation and of a purpose and of a place to walk in life is found in Jesus. So whatever your desire is, Whatever that something is, I hope today that you are able to encounter a someone. The gospel is not just something to be simply consumed as if you're ordering off the dollar menu at Taco Bell. By the way, I heard the Mexican pizza's back, right? Amen? Yeah. No, the gospel is a person who has extended himself to all. And though the Mexican pizza tastes oh so good. Jesus tastes good oh so much better it's the good good and by the way jesus offers himself freely we find this in the ensuing verses john chapter 6 verses 36 through 40 but you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me he's talking to these people face to face he's like you you see me but you don't really get it. he says however those the father has given me will come to me and i will never reject them verse 38 For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will, verse 39. And this is the will of God. Let it be clear in your minds that I should not lose even one of all those he has given to me, but that I should raise them up on that last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. It's good news that Jesus is the bread of life. It is better news that the bread of life is for anyone. It says, anyone who comes to me, will I will not cast out. You see, Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is for you. Jesus is for me. He will no wise cast anyone out. He's for the husband and the wife. He's for the parent and the child. He's for the married, the divorced, or the single. He's for the gay and the straight. For the transgender and the cisgender. For the Democrat and the Republican. For the Ukrainian and for the Russian. For the pro-lifer and for the pro-choicer. For the victim of a racial shooting and for the racist shooter. For the one who mourns and the one who rejoices. For the one who laughs and the one who cries for the migrant seeking asylum, and for the military defender. He's for the trained and for the self-taught, for the wealthy and the poor, the sober and the drunk, the hungry and the satisfied, the student and the professor. Jesus is for the addict and the enabler, for the influencer and the influenced, for the politician and for the civilian. He's for you and he's for me. He's for the broken and for the broken. For we are all broken. Bruce Milne puts it this way, message of John, page 111. Jesus is the answer to the needs of the human heart. The bread of life implies the fundamental, elemental role Jesus claims to fulfill in relation to the yearning of, of the human spirit. Since bread is a basic food universally, there's also the implicit claim that he fulfills this role for everyone. Caviar like cake and confectionery is for the few, but bread is for all. He is the savior of the world. What I find fascinating about this, Jesus being the bread of life, is that our community engages in providing the bread of life to our community every third Saturday and first Thursday of the month. a so food bank happens right over at the Annex, even today. If you'd like to come help out with it, we love, it. We love you too. It's gonna to be sweaty, it's gonna be hot, but it's gonna be fun because we're gonna be providing food for people in need. And I remember a couple of years ago when uh, COVID had just been on the news for, I don't know, 10 weeks or something like that. We had just shut everything down and we were wondering, how are we going to be able to keep the food pantry open? Are we not? Praise the Lord. Were we able to keep it open for the entire time that some of the, the worship services were shut down. And I remember one of the first weekends we went to doing it every other week. And I remember one of the first food banks, we got the, the line of cars and they're, they're filled up in the annex parking lot and they're backed up all the way up into the Fellowship Hall parking lot. Because you remember that time, there were a lot of people that were losing their jobs, there was financial insecurity. People are just, all of a sudden companies are like, we don't know what's going to happen with this, uh, you better find works uh, somewhere else. I remember being in the line of cars and I encountered this woman who was sitting in the driver's seat and she's got a teenage daughter in the the passenger seat and then three or four other kids in in the back row that aged probably five to, to early teens. And I engaged her in conversation. I said, hi, how are you? Where are you from? Glad you came out to this day. Just talking with her. And halfway through that conversation, she looks me in the eye and she pauses and she says, I just have to say thank you. Because this past week, I lost both jobs that I'm working. And until yesterday when I found out about this food bank, I had no idea how I was going to put meals on the table for my children. Because they're my pride and joy. They're They're what I live for. The reason I'm running myself ragged to provide for their needs. She said, thank you. And in that moment, the moment was not lost on me and it's grown ever sweeter since. That as we regularly engage in providing physical sustenance for the people around us, we in a small way are sharing the bread of life who is Jesus. Because she says, I don't have to worry about meals on the table. I don't have to worry about being provided for. It gives me space to now go and job hunt. It gives, me time to, to, or it gives me time and money to, to put towards gas for my car so that I can go to job interviews and I can figure out how I'm going to do this because you guys are providing the meals that I need. And I think we can look at Jesus in the same way. He provides for our needs. No matter where we've come from, no matter where we're going, Jesus is our provider, not just someone to be consumed, but a person to know the bread of life. So it's my prayer this morning that you will taste of the bread of life today. That your time here in Elevate won't be just coming up to the sample stand at Costco and saying, that was nice, I'm gonna go try something else, but that you will leave from this place with a big box of Jesus. A box so big that the only way you carry it out is that you become one with the box. You know what I mean if you've ever moved anything heavy. You've got to become one with that thing. My prayer this morning that Jesus will be what satisfies you. And in the the frantic pace that you may be running, chasing after the next thing that satisfies. May you pause this morning and consider that the bread of life is the last thing that you'll need to ever consider in your life, that you will be provided for. And then go and share that bread of life with someone else. See, knowing Jesus isn't just a part of Christianity. Knowing Jesus is everything because it's in him that we are provided for, that we have our life and our being and we can know without the shadow of a doubt that grace abounds and that we can live in the kingdom of God, not doing anything other than believing in the God who sent Jesus, the one who died for our sins. Let's pray. God, thank you for being the bread of life. Thank you for being the one who is for everyone. Doesn't matter where we come from, it doesn't matter the, the things that we've been into this week, God, you are the one who provides. And God, we're seeking you this morning not just to be another sample cup, not just to be something that we try, but something that we experience, that will hold on to you with reckless abandon, not because you provided for us that one time, but because we know that you are the provider, that you are the bread. Of life, May the br- blessing that the bread of life is fall afresh on us today. And may we leave this place knowing who you are a little bit better. Thanks for introducing yourself again, Jesus. Look forward to seeing you soon. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.